Welcome to the Relationships Matter podcast. I'm your host, Dan Doster. Are you considering a career change? Don't go it alone. Come, join the discussion, and listen as my mid-career guests discover and reveal their decision-making process to move from successful business jobs to consulting, entrepreneuring, or taking early retirement. Welcome to the show. My guest and friend, Mike Brown, learned the basics of HR in the corporate environment and later developed into an expert in training, coaching, and HR consulting for small and medium-sized businesses. His pivot came more than a decade after first considering to make such a change. With now five years of freedom, Mike isn't looking back. Instead, he's leaning in to help others discover their best. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks, Dan. It's great to be here with you. So tell me about your background. Uh, What are some of the highlights in your career thus far, particularly focused on kind of the first half? The first half. I like the way you put that. Um, (laughs) So my foundation was built at a company called Nortel Networks. I spent the first 18 years of my career with Nortel Uh, I started as a co-op student and uh, in 1984 and worked with them until 2002. And uh, it it was 16 wonderful years. And the last two years, I had the arduous task of laying off more than 600 people. Wow. That was grueling. And, and so uh, let's see, remind me what function you play in a big corporate entity. So in my, in my 18 years with Nortel, they were all in human resources. My background, my education, and my focus was in human resources. And through that time in 18 years, I had 14 different jobs and 23 different managers mm. and two different moves. Mm. Um, wow. So I had a lot of, of variety. The areas that I focused in were um, recruiting and leading recruiting teams, um, training and leading training teams, and what we call a, a human resources business partner. And the way I played that role was really like an internal coach and consultant working with senior leaders and helping them to form their organizations and the culture and the environment to help them to be successful. So being in HR seemed to make sense. You stayed at it for quite some time, but the corporate environment, that staying all with one company, that's, uh, that doesn't happen very much anymore. You're right. It doesn't. And it didn't with me either. <laughs> <laughs> for no fault of your own, I'm guessing. Well, after 18 years and, and seeing the direction that Nortel was going in 2002, um, I realized it was time for me to, to move on as well. And I went from a company with 10,000 employees in the Research Triangle Park area where I live and did at the time and, and 100,000 at its peak, I went to a company of 62, a little mm. technology company, which was a really big swing in just about everything that I did and thought I would give the startup phase a try. Still in HR. Always in HR. Yep. And I stayed in HR and I I 
was everything HR for a little company and helped grow it and then saw it shrinking again and mm. thought, mm, it was time to move on. And I had an opportunity to move into um, the publishing business, which the publishing business itself wasn't all that attractive. However, it was an opportunity for me to go into a, a rapidly growing organization because of acquisitions. They went from 500 people to 1,500. And to start up a training, leadership development, and organization development organization as a brand new function and grow my own team. And that was exciting for me. <laughs> um, the publishing business was publishing yellow pages. Oh, that came to a screeching halt. Boy, didn't it. <laughs> you know how to pick them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So the experience was excellent. And I got a lot of great experience. I got to work with um, executives and salespeople, and I got to do a significant number of integrations, integrating acquisitions and integrating acquisitions and dealing with leadership development and growing executives into, into very senior roles. And that was all, it all proved to be really valuable for me as I continued on into my career and laid the groundwork for my pivot later on. Aha, there we go. So you're right on you're right on the money. They the uh, I know you had a couple of more intermediate roles before the pivot, but you you got to a point where it was time to say, "Hmm, now what?" So so uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, the what brought you to the culmination of the pivot and then uh I I want to go deeper into how did you think about the pivot uh what criteria did you use? Uh, what was the process like? What was the guiding light to get you through the pivot? So tell me about the pivot. So after a couple of more corporations uh, that were growing rapidly through mergers and acquisitions, I found myself being the, the, the integrator, the fixer, and often called the environmental engineer. And I wanted to do more of the things that I had been gifted in and where I felt called to work. And those didn't always seem to make themselves available in the corporate environment. <laughs> I referenced significant numbers of layoffs as an example. <laughs> I'll bet you got pretty good at that, <laughs> the layoff you know, part. Dan, it was one of those things that I got into HR because... I was excited to help people to grow and to learn and never thought that that would be a part of it. And it was a situation where I found myself realizing that God had me there because God knew how I was going to treat those who were in a really bad situation with dignity and respect. So important. It was good for them. Mm. And it was hard for me. Mm. The the first one was as challenging, and my stomach did as many flip-flops as the 1,000th one. Mm. Because I know how the person across the table from me was going to be surprised. Yeah. Didn't know how they were going to feel. Yeah. And so the pivot... Interestingly enough, in 2001, 
I was a step away from making a pivot then and going into an independent role in consulting as a branch of a, um, of a recruiting firm. It's <laughs> not time yet. Mm. And so I told my mentor, I'll stay one more round. Well, just so happens, if you remember in 2001, in the fall of 2001, there was a terrible tragedy. Mm-hmm. That would have been a horrible time to start a new business, mm. HR consulting. Yeah. It wasn't time yet. And so when was it time? So about five years ago, it was feeling like time. But I had three children who were all seniors in high school, and I was nervous and scared. <laughs> that, <laughs> do I start a new business now? Or do I try to go into a different kind of corporate environment? And I was doing both, dabbling in consulting and getting a few projects and getting a lot of, a lot of interviews. And at the same time, I was talking to a dear friend who was mentoring me through this process. You might know, wait a minute, you are him. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> did he steer you wrong? <laughs> you know what he did? He gave me space and room to process. And he was a great sounding board. And he asked wonderful, thoughtful questions. And then <clears throat> when I was, when I thought I had a corporate job and then all of a sudden it got yanked out from me, I finally realized that that was the call that God was making to me saying, consulting is the path I'm supposed to be on. And I called you that day, standing out in my front yard, and I said, I'm all in on consulting. And you said, I've been waiting for you <laughs> to realize that. <laughs> because I believe that you were hearing the same message from God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's terrific. What a, and, and so uh, if you boil down the so-called process of distilling the what next and distilling the pivot, it's sometimes has uh, a lot to do with talking to others, uh, seeking encouragement, thinking through the process, thinking through the alternatives, evaluating the alternatives, sometimes interviewing the with the alternatives. But at the end of the day, you 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 have to settle in on uh, uh, the thing that you want to do for the next stage of life. That's exactly right. For me, it was just that just exactly as you laid it out. And the one other piece that was important, that, let me change that. The two other pieces that were important was I continued to stay in prayer and seeking God's direction instead of mine. And my wife was 100% with me every step of the way. Sounds like you got them. You got them right, and you got them in the right order. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> well, so how many years ago did you pivot? When was five that? years ago? And so, so let's round this uh, this discussion out with uh, how has it been going for the last five years? So, for for the the first year to year and a half. It was a building process and it was a, it was a struggle financially 
for me. And one of the reasons it was is that even though I had thought about going down this path, and even though I, it, it had been in the back of my mind for, for 15 years, I had not done a good enough job of laying sufficient groundwork out in front of me. I had a few certifications in HR areas, but not enough that it was marketable yet. And so I had to get some certifications on my own when I got out. I had a great network because of all of the people I had worked with at Nortel who are scattered into so many different directions and the other companies that I had been involved with. But my network wasn't all decision makers. And I had to learn that through the process of growing and, uh, and inter interacting with them. And so it took me a while. And when I tell you my wife was all in, she went back to work after 18 years of not working to help make ends meet. And, um, and that took a little pressure off so that I could really focus on another area that you helped me and where was where was my sweet spot mm -hmm. what was what was it that i had done that was going to make a difference in the market that i was targeting and did that fit needs as well as my gifts and those two things are really important absolutely so would you say out of the once you made the pivot uh financially speaking, without giving numbers, were you uh, satisfied uh, the first year, the second year, the third year? It took a ramp, I, I guess is what I'm saying. It took a ramp. You're exactly right. <clears throat> um, by the third year, I got to a point of satisfied. By Good. the second year, we were okay. Good. Well, and so... And so for those of you who are listening that are considering something before you're out on your own, lay that pipe early, <laughs> build up those credentials and mm. that network and establish your expertise in your market before you have to. Great advice, Mike. That's great advice. And, it, and as, as you, uh, so some of that is anticipating that you might have a pivot coming, uh, those areas that you talked about, go ahead and get prepared. I would add to that. Um, if you're able reduce your, 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 uh, your burn rate of your personal financial environment. So lay back a little bit of savings so you can weather that first year. Everybody is not in a circumstance where, uh, a partner can go out and find meaningful employment and make uh, make a dent as your wife did uh, in helping to contribute to the to the family requirement financial requirements so kind of getting prepared for that a lot of people get to a point as you know where they don't have very much notice they really don't know and so in in those circumstances any advice that you would give when it's kind of uh, suddenly pushed upon you and and you don't have maybe a safety net ready and you haven't got the credentials yet, what advice would you give? That's a great question. And so for those who 
who can, I would tell you right now, bring down your burn rate, get out of debt and <clears throat> build up whatever credentials and whatever skills that you can. Those three things will help ease some of your own personal anxiety before you need it. The next thing is whatever network you have, dig back into it and build it up. Build up those that you've got with regular interaction and begin to look for expansion of your network. That's because good. for most of us over 50, the network is the key to unlocking the door for either another corporate job or a pivot into something entrepreneurial or independent. And I will say that in the five years that I have been independent, every project, every assignment, every call, every coaching, everything that I have done has been through a network connection in one form or another. So any regrets? <laughs> you know, the, it, it sounds so cliche, but it would have been nice to have started earlier. And at the same time, the timing was probably perfect. Um, no regrets. And one of the biggest things I'm thankful for is that I have an opportunity to do the things that I am most gifted in and most passionate about to help people and organizations to grow and to learn and to do more than they even thought was possible. And that's so gratifying for me. And I want to keep doing it more every day. Awesome. Awesome. Great message. Great uh, discussion. Uh, Mike, I want to thank you for joining us today and, and uh, wish you well. Dan, thanks for having me. It's been great to do this with you and to bring back the mentoring that you brought to me. So thank you for that. My thanks to Mike for sharing the importance of planning ahead when possible. Careers take decades to develop and mature. Be sure to consider the positive impact a strong network can have on your future as you think about the next potential career pivot in your career. This brings us to the end of the Relationships Matter podcast. I'm your host, Dan Doster. Thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out via email, dan.relationshipsmatter at gmail.com. And remember, as my dad always said, the fun is in the run. Thank you.